Hi, welcome to the Mother's Guide Through Autism podcast. This podcast is to inspire, support, and build community for mothers raising children with autism. I'm Bridget Shipman, the host and creator of the Mother's Guide Through Autism. This podcast has been inspired by my son, Joseph, who's been living with autism for the past 27 years. This is episode three, and I'm really excited uh, about this episode because what um, I'm going to be doing is I'm sharing some of the therapies that uh, we found that worked really well for Joseph in these early stages and early intervention. This was shortly after Joseph was diagnosed with PDD not otherwise specified, right? So at that time, uh, Joseph having that diagnosis simply meant that he was a high-functioning autistic child. And I really believe that looking back that Joseph really had some great barriers dealing with sensory issues, as most kids on the spectrum do. He also struggled with expressive language. As I shared in the first episode, if you didn't if you really didn't get a chance to listen to episode 1 or for that matter episode 2, we I shared and gave you the background of how a mother's guide came to be. In the second episode, Joseph shared his perspectives. So what we're hoping to do on this journey and using this podcast as a way to communicate with anyone, any listener who is dealing with life and autism, that this podcast really inspires you, encourages you, and gives you hope because the mother's perspective and the child living with autism's uh, perspective is completely different. If you listen to episode two, you'll really find that um, key element because I'm sharing how I'm suffering as the mother, and Joseph then shares that he was doing great. So my perspective was, I'm hurting, so he must be hurting. And I think what we're going to find out is that, and this is what's so cool that we're sharing, is that we moms the mother's guides, trying to help our our children get through this, this world, right, as any mother does. But when you have a child who's struggling, who you feel like is from another planet, they don't respond, you don't know what world they're in, this podcast is going to give you that inspiration and hope you're looking for. So today, um, I'm going to be talking about uh, some of the early intervention therapies that at the time my husband and I had researched and um, decided that we would give it a try. At that time, um, the first therapy that that really made a significant difference was in 1997. At that time, Joseph was just diagnosed. He was three and a half years old. He was really dealing with a lot of um, sensory issues, dealing with, he would put his, the loud noises. There were so many frequencies that really hurt his ears, and he would just cover them and 
he would just go into his own world. He was just trying to deal with what the sounds were, what he was hearing. Um, of course, we didn't know exactly what was going on, but we did know everything that we read, that this was fairly typical of a child on the spectrum. So we did some more research. We also noticed that he had sensory issues dealing with certain textures and foods. So that was just trial and error. One of those main foods was any any potatoes or cooked vegetables. He was highly sensitive to the smell. So for example, if I made a roast and I put vegetables in the roast, those cooked vegetables would make him nauseous as well as eating them would make him nauseous. So we noticed that. Um, He was terrified of getting his hair cut. So um, there was a video uh, out, and this little boy is terrified of getting his hair cut. And as I shared in the previous two episodes, Joseph loved the visual stimulation, and he also learned a lot from these videos. So they... They were a tool. Um, We had to be careful that that's not all that he did, of course, and that he wouldn't get further and further into what appeared to be an addiction to the visual stimulation. However, we used it as a tool, and this little boy goes to get his hair cut, and it all ends well, and Joseph seemed to respond to it. So... How he got his haircuts, I would play, get him toys in his bath, and while he was engaged in something that he was playing with, I would snip and snip. And every time I snipped, he would (laughs) just look at me and his head would come around quickly and he would be looking around like, what is that? And it literally would take me over an hour just to get his hair trimmed a little bit. So this sensory issue was, um, you know, it wasn't life-threatening, but it certainly was difficult for him. I believe that this also kept him from his expressive language and going further with his language skills and his motor skills. So those were some of the things that we noticed when he was three and a half that were becoming more and more of a challenge for him as he was entering a preschool. And we had just enrolled him in a preschool that was for children who uh, were not all in the autistic spectrum, but they all had challenges. And that preschool was um, making a difference for him because a few of the teachers there had worked with kids that were on the spectrum, which was hard to find at that time. So let me take you on this journey of Joseph, three and a half, sensory issues for sure, uh, language deficit, and very, very little language. Most of it was echolalic, and again, as a reminder, we called it video talk. So that was going on with Joseph at this time. I wanted to take a moment and just share some of the therapies before I get into the main one that I want to concentrate on today. 
Um, during this time, he was in a special education preschool, as I said. He was receiving some occupational therapy. Um, he was really um, benefiting from the teachers with the experience, as I said. And some of the main therapies that we were looking at, um, he had, at that time, speech and language. He had, again, he was in the special ed preschool. He was receiving occupational therapy. And that was pretty much it uh, as far as the little preschool went. So what we discovered... Um, somebody shared with me, so as you start researching, you run across other parents, um, hopefully, who have found things that have inspired them. And one of the things that I ran across was a book, Learning to Dance in the Rain. You might want to write that down if you haven't heard of it. It's a very inspirational story about a little girl who is... Uh, severely autistic. She doesn't speak. Um, and the the story is about when it would rain, not to be a spoiler here, but you need to understand the premise and why we then sought out this therapy. The description is A Year of Weathering the Storm with an Autistic Child by Melanie Bennett. I love this book because this little girl, every time it rained, she would find a corner in her home and just start rocking and covering her ears and trying to protect what it was that the rain sounded like to her. As she had auditory training therapy, it began to rain one day and she ran outside and just started dancing in the rain makes me want to cry um, just remembering that story because what she had then shared later as her speech improved based on this training, that when it would rain, the it sounded like bullets hitting her house. And it was very scary and very loud. And that's why she covered her ears and hid in the corner. And so after... I heard about this book, and I noticed that Joseph was covering his ears a lot of the time, and a lot of the sensory struggles that he was having, started researching the auditory training therapy. And I just wanted to share with you that this therapy is is still being used. Um, You will find that when you research this, that there is... um, It's been used for decades, studies on the effectiveness have been inconclusive. What I also will tell you is that auditory training therapy is an alternative treatment for kids who have trouble processing what they hear. It is most common. It's a most common type of therapy for frequency issues with hearing and speech delays and some of the other sensory issues that come along with that. Although the decades of studies have been proven to be um, inconclusive, I'm going to share my diary and my story of our experience with this therapy. Still to this day, uh, I'm going to share some more therapies that we did with Joseph that if, you know, that pretty much come up inconclusive as well. But I journaled, I kept the documentation. 
And I guess you could call this a case study, but Joseph changed and improved his speech. And I called it him waking up while we, while I watched him go through this therapy. So I want to share that with you. But before I go to that, I just wanted to give you the name of the auditory integration therapy that we chose. And so I I looked it up and I'm just going to read from the, what I found um, that is up to date. It says auditory uh, training therapy is a part of the increasingly popular field of alternative therapies known as brain training. Two of the best-known auditory training programs are the Bernard Auditory Integration Training, or it's referred to as AIT, and Fast Forward. So both of these were being used, but Fast Forward was not available in the homes at the time. We did both of these trainings, and I have documentation of both of these and how it changed Joseph's language and his ability to attend a regular classroom. So these are both two very, very good trainings. But today I'm going to concentrate more on the Bernard Auditory Integration Training, AIT. Uh, I think the research that I did, and I would still say that this is true today, that if you're going to find a person who is trained to offer this therapy to your child, I would highly recommend that they got the training from the Bernard Auditory Training. So there's lots of different trainings out there, and I would just make sure that whoever it is that does this therapy with your child, got the Bernard training. And it will say when you research it. So we started um, investigating this, and there were lots of therapists that came up uh, probably two to three hours away from our home. Again, we live in a rural setting in Mountain Home, Arkansas. So we had found a Bernard-trained therapist in Sykeston, Missouri, which is about five, four or five hour drive. Um, and it's a 10 day therapy. And it changed and improved Joseph's language by leaps and bounds. At that time, we also were introduced through the therapist that did this therapy for Joseph. And he recommended, and his wife was also an educator. And their child had uh, severe ADHD, and they did a therapy called the, the Wilbarger Therapeutic Pressure Brush. And so they introduced us, they got us a brush, and while Joseph was doing AIT therapy, we were also incorporating this brushing therapy at the same time. And the Will Barger Protocol is a therapy program designed to reduce sensory and tactile defensiveness. It's highly recommended. Again, we saw a big change. And this therapy brush can help desensitize children with autism and sensory processing disorders who are sensitive to touch, enhancing self-regulation, and decreasing anxiety all true, based on what we saw in Joseph. So 
I want to share with you, this is personal, so I'm going to be uh, a bit vulnerable here. Of course, I'm willing to be because, the again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to, is to help mother guides be the expert advocate for their child. So I got out one of my journals. As I told you, I kept really a close watch on what therapies we were doing They were inconclusive, so I wanted to keep track of what I saw if it was, in fact, helping Joseph. Because some of these therapies can be pretty expensive, so I want you to be aware of that. Also, the the times have changed, thank goodness, that there is more um, insurance coverage for some of these. Depends on what insurance you have, of course, and what kind of coverage you have. Sometimes when you go to these alternative therapies, insurance companies will not help you. So you just need to do a little bit of research on that and what your what your insurance may or may not help you with. Um, but what I will tell you is Grady and I found support and our parents helped us a lot with some of these costs. And I would tell you that this was worth every single penny. So let me go to September 12th. Um, we arrived in Sykeston, Missouri, September 12th, 1997. September 13th was a Friday, and here's what I wrote in the journal. September 13th, Friday was a horrible day. It didn't even real, I didn't even realize it was Friday the 13th till everything went wrong. Too many to mention. We start AIT, and Joseph threw a fit through most of the 30-minute sessions. He went from a rage to a sedative sleep. When I wrote that, what happened was we went to therapy each morning. So remember, we had to get a hotel room. The therapy was not available, especially a therapist that had the Bernard training. That was the closest that we could find to our home. So we got a hotel room. We went to therapy once in the morning and then once in the afternoon. So that first morning therapy, the very first one Joseph had, literally Grady, my husband, and I had to hold him down. And he fought, and he was completely drenched with sweat, and I was crying. <laughs> so that's the backstory of that. And by the end of that those 30 minutes. It, it was a, a fight for probably the first 10 minutes of the therapy. And then he got a little more calm. And by the last few minutes of the therapy, he was sleeping really, really hard. And I thought, what am I doing to my child? But the, the Mr. Feeler who did the therapy for us assured us that the, this was typical, not to be afraid, and that the second session would go well. So we go. We go to the second session. He, he put his own headsets on. So the children get headsets and they listen to different music with different frequency to help train the brain to hear sounds that are more normal. So he put the set, headsets on and he only asked to turn off the music. The last five minutes... He did fine in between the sessions. 
So what we did was we took them. There was a a little mall there. There was uh, another neighboring town that had more to do that had a Chuck E. Cheese and also had a Barnes & Noble. So Joseph at that time was extremely interested um, with Dr. Seuss books. So that was the reward. That was some of the things that we did with Joseph in between these sessions. Some of the changes that we noticed that I documented was, and, and this, these improvements happened within a few sessions of this uh, therapy. We noticed more eye contact, his appetite increased, he was more compliant, um, he was more outgoing, a little more language. Uh, he wants. He wanted to talk on the phone, and he ended up talking to my parents, and he answered a few of the questions that my mother asked him appropriately, uh, which was huge for Joseph at that time. He went um, swimming without fear. Joseph was really afraid of water, and um, I'm not sure if that was a sensory issue for Joseph or what that fear was, but I'm hoping he'll remember and he can share that with you. He became more affectionate during this uh, therapy. Mr. Feeler, the therapist, he had noticed Joseph yawned a lot while he would go through these sessions. And that was a good thing um, that he shared with us because that meant that it was working. And he wanted to remind us that Joseph, although it was a 30-minute session, that was very hard work for him. And that that would make him tired. So um, that was some of the things that we noticed right away. So I continue to document. One of the other things that was huge was um, we, he would love to go to McDonald's. And, of course, what, what kid doesn't? And we would go to those um, play, play McDonald's. They have this big PlayStation in there that I think they still do. And... When he would crawl in there, he would be terrified, and he would do the hold the ear thing and um, the frequencies in there with the other kids playing and talking and, you know, how the kids get excited. Some of them were screaming. It was too much for him, and he would not come out. So I had crawled up there myself. Grady was a little bit too big, his dad. And I was small enough where I could crawl through the McDonald's PlayStation. And I got up there, and I would crawl through there with him and assure Joseph it was fine. And then we would go through it, and we would come out the slide, and, you know, he wouldn't want to go back in there. So after a few sessions, we took him to uh, the McDonald's, and he crawled all by himself. He came down the slide, and he was not afraid of the children. So socially, that was a big step for him, and I do believe that the frequency changes in the way his hearing and brain was responding to the Bernard AIT training, uh, man, it was obvious it was working. As the sessions went on, and I documented all this in the journal, he seemed to get excited about going to the sessions now. And Joseph is a musician, and he loves music, and so he would get excited to pick the songs, um, 
And so the therapy continued. And again, this was for, for 10 days. And he started responding and he actually started saying thank you all by himself without being coaxed. And he just seemed to have better eye contact. And that's why my reflection is Joseph started waking up. I remember before this therapy, I would read a story to him. We would do our bedtime ritual and I could just turn off the light and Joseph would just go to sleep. At the, during that week in this therapy, all of a sudden he's afraid of the dark, which, you know, I thought, well, I don't, I, I guess that's a good thing. That means that he is aware. He is waking up. He is noticing that I'm putting him to bed. He is noticing that the room is dark. He is being present. And that was such a huge change for him. He started uh, playing again with other kids as the therapy continued. And then we also had added, um, like I told you, the the brushing. This was really cool. Um, Mrs. Feeler, the therapist's wife, who I told you earlier was an educator, she went ahead and gave us a video to watch in Um, In my journal, I just put, you brush for two minutes, including joint compression. It calms a child and it helps to release the serotonin. It seems to help calm him so far. So after each session, we would go through the brushing therapy. And that, those two together, uh, wow, what a difference in his in how he responded to food, how he responded to smell, touch. Uh, it was amazing, the combination of these two therapies together. So I would highly recommend um, that if you're looking, if you haven't done this therapy, it, it's worth it. Try it. And the way I looked at it at the time was, you know what? If we only improve a teeny, I mean, like uh, hardly at all, if we only improve just a little bit, it is worth the 10 days away from home. It is worth the money. It is worth everything because it's going to help Joseph. It's going to help him be able to respond to the world that seems to be foreign to him. So that is one of the therapies that, again, made the biggest difference. I really, really remember also myself changing during that time. And that's something that we'll talk about in further podcast episodes is the amount of support that we mother guides need to have to again, be the expert advocate for our children. I hope this podcast really benefited you because I'm so glad that I kept this documentation. And the reason I'm sharing it with you was because it was so beneficial for Joseph. It has been beneficial for other kids, and I highly recommend it. I also want to let you know that our next podcast, again, Joseph and I are alternating our perspectives on the journey that we have taken Uh, As a reminder, Joseph is 27 years old. He is a functioning, independent adult, 
And despite all the diagnosis and prognosis that I got along the way, I want you to know that your child will be okay. It may not be ideal. It may not be what you dreamt of. But I will tell you this, you will learn more from your child. They will become your best teacher in life, as Joseph has been my best teacher. I've grown more. I've become a better person because of my child. I'm very proud of him. He works hard, and I love his insight. So episode four, we're going to give Joseph an opportunity to share what it was like for him Uh, as he went through this AIT training and what he remembers about it. Again, our two perspectives are completely different, me being the mom and he being the child that is living with it, right? So if you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe, review, and share it on social media. You can download my free guide, Five Things I Wish I Knew Raising My Son with Autism, by going to my website, bmvlifecoach.com. Thanks. Thanks.